Welcome to My Kid Wants to Be a Pro Gamer, a Max Dementio production. You can watch Max play live on twitch.tv slash maxdementio. Today we're continuing our discussion with Aaron and Scott of XY Gaming about how their business is going and what they're planning to do going forward with making video games tournaments available to people online and allowing people to be able to play for money. In the second segment, I'd love to go into what you guys are doing, and we can go from there. But I have a few follow-up questions, but I'll wait until you can explain what XY Gaming is all about. Yeah. So originally, we used to play a lot of cash games online and stuff like that, but there's a lot of a lot of problems we saw with it, and honestly, a lot of prize pools were not getting paid out. So we kind of took that and we're like, all right, well, I've got a technical background. What can I kind of build that fixes those problems? So what we ended up building was, um, so we built XY Gaming. So it's one of the largest global esports tournament platforms where gamers can compete. For for cash across games like League of Legends, Dota 2, and Smite. Um, we're about to introduce Fortnite and PUBG soon. And Is this like, say, online Texas Hold'em poker where... It's online poker but with video games is probably the best way to kind of say it if you understand that analogy. Okay, um, but there are people that play online poker free and then there are people that, correct. that pay to enter tournaments and play online. And we do both. Okay. So if you want to jump on there, and so what we do is we automatically monitor their statistics. So your in-game statistics, we then award you a score based on your performance in that tournament or based on your performance for each match. And then we have created an automatic way to gather those results and put you in the leaderboard against others. So what we effectively do is we turn you into your own fantasy sports player. So let's take it from an Overwatch's perspective because it's a game you understand. So what we do is Overwatch has a ranked system in the game where it automatically matches you via rank, right? So you play rank matchings you play those what we do is we track you as an individual player and let's say you join a tournament and it lasts three days we track every single game that you play over those three days and we assign a score to each of your statistics for each match so for example every kill you get plus four points every death is worth negative three points every assist is worth two points and we give you a score for every single match you play for those three days we then take your top three scores for those three days that you played so you can play 20 matches we just take your top three we average that score and you put in a leaderboard so if 20 other people join the tournament you're versus 20 other people okay Does that sort of make sense yeah <laughs> right and now i was talking about this with my brother who has played texas hold'em online and he learned the game well enough that he uh, can he plays it very well at, at casinos and in las vegas yep. and he said that the number of people that can play at a very high level has dramatically increased from the years whenever the world series of poker started because yep. of this activity but he said, you know, just like in Las Vegas, the, the best way to make money is to be the casino, right? Yes, so that's what we're doing. So yeah. we're building the biggest casino on earth that's legal. Mm -hmm. So it's four video games. We're doing it for multiple different game modes. So right now we're doing it through this tournament model. So it's this asynchronous tournament model where they're going to be introducing other tournament models using deathmatch, using other different features there eventually. But right now this is our biggest focus. And the reason is, is because it requires one click to play. So all I have to do is I click enter on a tournament and then I just play whenever I want to. I don't have to schedule matches. It's not a very painful tournament model, which is what we wanted to create so that everyone can play. And we pay the top 50% of people in the tournaments and everyone thinks they're in the top 50%. There is no one out there unless they're a very depressed person that thinks I am going to come the bottom 50%. So we kind of do that to make sure that we push that prize money around so that everyone has an opportunity there to win. That's actually genius because it's human nature to think that you're above average most people Correct. think they're above average driver but obviously mathematically not everybody <laughs> can be 
I feel yeah. like that would be a great system. Uh, it would be like Overwatch, but a separate rank, I guess. That's exactly Where, what yeah. it is. So it, it persists through games. So the biggest thing with Overwatch or a game like that as a competitive game is I my end result is all that matters, and it's only a win-loss. It doesn't matter. So if you get 16-3 and three and you still lose the match, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. You're still angry at the end of the match because you lost, right? Yeah. So what we're doing is it doesn't matter. You track your individual results, so how well you play in that game. So if you have a 16-3 to match, you get a good score on that match even if you lost because we're tracking how well you're playing the game. And then because we're tracking you over, say, a three-day period, even if you have a shitty game, you can play the next game and you can keep going back to the website. You check your score and you're like, all right, I did better this time. And, oh, if I got two extra kills that match, I would have moved up in rank. So you go back, you play the game and it creates a loop i feel like that would be a great system for overwatch i know a lot of players that are frustrated with the solo queue system and having more focus on your individual play would provide a lot of separate i don't know relief for some of the, the stress that can build up through just playing competitive in solo queue yeah and that's yeah. one thing that we definitely want to do is so overwatch is definitely one of the games we want to tackle so by the end of the year we do want to introduce overwatch it is one that we're looking at right now we're looking at introducing the first new games other than league of legends dota 2 and smite we'll be Fortnite and PUBG purely because of the size of what they're at right now yeah. and uh, the media appeal. But Overwatch is actually in our in our top five list of, of the games we want to add. And you started this company in, in 2013, right? Uh, we started the original company in 2013. We only really started the actual tournament model in 2015. So the 2013 was when we, we originally started working on the technology just as a prototype for two years to see if we could actually do the automated stuff. In 2015, we started the company here in the US. What have been your biggest challenges that you can think of to getting this thing really off the ground? Finding a business model that works. We built the technology and we were very good at that, but finding a business model that works. So we originally aimed at me versus you directly for cash. So basically PVP gaming. So me versus you, it lasted one match. You play it put down. So I put down $10 to play against you. You put down $10 to play against me and you went and played. We played a game against each other 1v1. But the problem that we found with that is critical mass. So we did that for about a year and a half, actually. So we built out the website. We launched it in 2016. And by the end of 2017, we still couldn't make that model work. And the reason was is because critical mass becomes a really big issue when you're trying to match people directly. What does so critical me mass mean? Yeah, so me versus, so you have to have enough people in the system to play against each other to evenly match. Uh -huh. So if it's going to be me versus you directly, we have to match on skill level. We've got to match on being in the same region because of latency. We've got to want to wager the same amount, play the same game, and then also be on at exactly the same time because we have to verse each other directly. Yeah. So because of that, even if we had a million active players, maybe only 10,000 people match up to make it fair. And then they've got to be on at exactly the same time. Yeah, so for yeah. us to get to that point was a problem. And we're like, how do we solve that? And that's where we came up with the model that we have now, which is what we call asynchronous tournaments. So they're tournaments where you can join, you can enter, and you don't play directly against that person. You play in your own region against evenly skilled people. And we're doing that to build the critical mass. So we're doing about 60,000 games a day in tournaments and uh, growing, and we're looking to grow that out once we hit a million users, two million users, where they're going to reintroduce the me versus you directly as well so that we have both those models on the site. Yeah, and that critical mass problem is the same problem that you see in a lot of games like Overwatch or exactly. CSGO, where there can be perfectly matched games, but there's so many other variables that you need to take into account. And then there's also wait times. You don't want to leave your players waiting too long so they just exit the game because they're bored. You don't want yeah, them to exactly get matched it against an unfair opponent because you don't want to make them wait too long and it's that thing where 
the more people who are playing, the better. But also, you can't force people to play at the same time unless it's a tournament. But even then, like tournaments, sometimes like the last tournament match I was supposed to play, the other team forfeited because they couldn't get all their players to play. They were falling apart. So it was like even in tournaments, you can have trouble getting the people dedicated. I'm curious about the asynchronous gaming you talked about. Is that where two players of different skill levels play each other, but maybe the rewards are different? So they can play against each other, but so even if you're a diamond player versus a bronze player, it's actually perfectly fine to play against each other. But what we did is we went over, you know, two and a half million results and actually data mined, and it's actually the bronze people, the lower ranked people actually have an advantage. So what we had to introduce was actually a reverse handicap. And the reason that lower ranked people actually have an advantage is because they don't know how to play the game as well, or they just run at each other like crazy people. So if I'm playing in a bronze match, more kills happen because everyone just runs at each other rather than having a strategy around it so there's not less deaths because people don't know how to heal they don't know how to shield they don't know how to do that as well so actually more statistics happen in a in a lower ranked match than a higher ranked so we actually had to introduce a reverse handicap hmm. that makes a lot of sense so when the reverse handicap does that's on the analysis part right it does, or does it affect yeah, the gameplay system it, the it doesn't affect system. the gameplay at all it only affects the score system on the analysis at the end they play as long as they're playing an evenly ranked game we do metrics on their data or who they're playing against and those sort of things and then we say this guy gets a 20 percent handicap because 20 percent bonus in points because he is the higher ranked player at this rank versus this rank so we have certain metrics in there we actually haven't seen a complaint around because of any of that yet and it's because it just kind of makes sense in terms of the how we've kind of built it and then because you're always playing an evenly ranked person in the game people don't really have a problem with other people's ranks in the actual matches it doesn't really affect yeah them. And it makes sense that you'd want to take it slowly, adding different games, because each game has different levels of how the statistics play a part. So like Overwatch yep. would be a really complicated game because there's healing, there's damage blocked, there's hero damage done. There's different hero stats too, so you'd have to take that yeah. into account. So what we That'd actually really do for those is we do different score systems based on your archetype. So we have scoring systems based for support classes where we ban every other class but support classes. It's more focused on healing, it's more focused on that, or we have another one that's a tanking tournament that we're, we're looking at. So if we do do Overwatch, we'll have a tanking tournament where only tanks are allowed, it shows damage absorbed, it, do, it shows these statistics that you need to follow. And one of the biggest negatives you'll have is dying so that people don't just sit there and try to absorb as much damage as they can. Yeah. So this sounds like it's very heavily analytical. It is. And uh, yeah, correct. So how many people did you need to get this going? How many people work at XY Gaming to get this? Uh, so there's five of us currently working on the project. Most of the algorithms and that I went through and built. And then my CTO is phenomenal at basically developing those sort of things. So he went through and I can do all the algorithms and the mathematics. And he's very good at obviously turning it into code. Okay. So if you're going to get to, you talked about a million users. How many individuals are using uh, XY Gaming right now? 70,000. And you talked about getting to a million, two million. Yep. How's that going to affect your need to, to grow? I mean, the capital requirements. Yeah, so people... we're looking at raising capital, another round of capital now. Growing organically, we're doing really good growing organically. Like we're still gaining about 200 users per day organically. And 90% of our people that come to our website are invited by other users. So almost yeah. all of them are invited by other users that are already on our website, which is really good because it means if we do a campaign to introduce a ton of users, it means they're still going to grow because they're inviting their friends anyway. I was just curious on how this would work because the only way I'd think of it is like you'd need a third-party program to run in the background of you also running the game to log up all this. 
statistics. No. Or how would you work it? Like, let's say you're trying to get Overwatch or Fortnite. How would it work? We're the only ones in the world that have done this, and we've got an independent system from the developers that doesn't require the developers to give us access to the data. Never We're helps. able to gather it. Yeah, we've been able to develop it by several several different means. It's our, exactly as Scott says, it's our secret source. It's what we built. Because of the way that we have to handle data doing that, we have to have two servers, one that gathers the data and then one that processes the data. What we also did on top of that is we then approached those game companies. We showed them the data and people that are on our website are actually playing their game up to 40% more because they're on our website. And they're like, oh, wow, cool. So they actually gave us access directly to that data. So we have those two systems both built so that we do have access. And if they decided, you know, not give us access at any point we can still keep running so we did that purposefully no it sounds pretty cool going back on overwatch and those type of tournaments is most games other than overwatch have a heavy basis on the frag mentality who has yeah. the top frags who all that type of stuff what we're able to do is aaron said a little bit before that we can base tournaments on your character so overwatch would be a perfect game for us to get into because you can just have a healing tournament and you know deaths don't matter kills don't matter it's just purely how much you heal how often you stay alive and your assist so obviously you know you've got the healing heroes that while they're healing if somebody gets a kill during that that hero gets an assist. And so like, we have to do tank tournaments as well. So we can actually classify what is a tank. So we can be like only Reinhardt, Diva, all those heroes are only the heroes you're allowed to play. And if you play any other heroes in that tournament, we won't collect that data. Yeah, so that it sense. really gives a chance for those players, those unsung heroes that spend their time playing support, it rewards them. One of the difficulties is if you look at two different heroes like Zenyatta and Mercy, where Mercy is extremely heal-oriented, you'll rarely ever see her doing any damage directly. And then Zenyatta is mainly damage-doing. A lot of people call him a secondary DPS on the team in a support slot, where he is a lot of damage and less healing. Like, a lot of the time, yep. the stats kind of equal each other. Depending on how good a Zenyatta you are, you can completely destroy the enemy team just through mechanics. With these sort of things like that, we're actually going to be doing outreaches to the community to figure out what they think in terms of that to where we kind of get with those because the score systems that we build are very flexible. So what we normally do is when we launch a game on the website, we do a two-week period of where it's all open free tournaments. We introduce a new score mode. It's about two weeks of free tournaments. And then we kind of talk to the community. We talk to people. We talk to some of the, you know, the top players that are out there that are endorsing us. And we say, hey, can you help us basically do this as well as us going over the data to figure out what those data points actually need to be to make it fair yeah that makes a lot of sense you'll be able to evolve it over time well this is really fascinating i love your business model as far as monetizing it and getting the right business model i think you guys are on a good track i'd love to help you like once you start the process of getting into overwatch i'd love to help you with it cause... yeah we're going to be looking for game ambassadors so that's the biggest yeah. thing we're, we're trying to push for is game ambassadors so people that know the game so that we can meet with them on a once a month basis or if there's critical updates to tell us when these updates are happening what heroes are changing so we can make sure that we evolve our score systems around that yeah so we don't have issues yeah there's a lot of complexity and i love thinking about the game critically it's one of the reasons why after i become a pro i'm saying as if i'm tough i don't know that's a good point that's how you're meant to play it you're meant to be confident if yeah. you're not then what's the point yeah so mm -hmm. i'm like after i become a pro i'd like to become a coach if i'm not like if either i'm a streamer or a coach but like i like i'd be fine with being a coach and i'd love being a coach because i love teaching and i love understanding the game because it's very complicated it's like if you were to really understand chess and then you can like reinforce your own knowledge by teaching other people the basic stuff like that so i'd love to go over that sometime we might do a podcast episode it's all just max analyzing 
the Overwatch Grand Finals because we went to Brooklyn, we went to the Barclays Center, and we watched Friday and Saturday, and it was a lot of fun. And then Max had a great time explaining to me where it looked like the London Spitfire had better coaching and better players too. Better players, but better strategy. Better strategy. And so. Uh, we, we might I just go. I could say it all again <laughs> if I really. Yeah, we we yeah. might just do one one of the podcast episodes right on there. I think we're going to be doing an esports centric podcast, which will be mainly focused around the business side of things for both influencers. So how they grow their following, how to market yourself, how to get contracts in terms of four sponsors on board. And then also look at it from the business side of things in terms of what we look for as a business, what we do when we, we approach influencers and those sort of things. And then we'll be talking about investment in the industry in terms of with the teams, especially focusing on the Overwatch League is actually one of the big topics where we, we'd be focusing on in terms of because they're looking at raising the cap to start at, I think, 65 million for a franchise. We're up to that for the next uh, next round where they're introducing, and that's just the starting of the bidding process. So just talking about those sort of things, the acquisitions, more a business focus sort of thing, but it's not just a business from what we're doing, but also from a business from the esports sort of thing, and also to do with influencers because we've worked with a lot of them, we've grown a lot of them, and, and done stuff around that. Well, on that note, it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. I want to thank you very much for joining us on My Kid Wants to Be a Pro Gamer, and I wish you all the luck in the world. I think you've got something great going, and I think it's going to do very well. You guys can overcome the challenges that you discussed. I think you guys are on your way, and I'm very happy for you. All right, thank you so much. And yeah, definitely, let's have a let's have a chat there sometime. And uh, shoot me shoot me a shout out or an email with uh, your stream because I'd love to have a look. Well, so. actually, speaking of the customary thing we do at the end of every podcast, where I shamelessly plug my so you can just get you it. Need in. to do it at the start as well. Uh, that's true. That's true. Okay, I'll it. tell you what. Put it now, and oh, yeah, yeah, I will. I will put it in the beginning. Yeah, just include the, this whole bit. the podcast, I'll copy it to the beginning. Just to include this whole <laughs> and, bit. And also have it in the content. description, because that's one thing I was looking in the description. Uh, I was okay. very sad about that. Great, great idea. I don't know why I never thought of that. Okay, Max has to keep on top of that for me too. Make sure that in the description of the podcast, it talks about your streaming site. Okay, so here. They, people really care about who is doing it and what they're doing, and they want to hear your story. Yeah, and that's that's I have a lot thing. of stories. So okay. I'd love to tell them. If you come over to my uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Max Dimensio, that's Max, M-A-X, and then Dimension without the N, no space. Come over, ask me any questions. If you like Overwatch, then come and join me. I'd love to teach some people how to play the game. Or if you just want to ask any general questions about gaming, I'd love to answer those. And also, you could come and watch me try to make jokes. I love trying to make jokes. <laughs> Working on his improv. Yeah. Going to be an entertainer. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. If anything, I'll be like The Room, where I'm so bad, I'm good. Oh, The Room. The disaster movie. Have you guys seen the disaster movie with James I, Franco? I have, yes. Okay. Have you seen the original movie, The Room? No, I have not, actually. you got to see that. It's the oh, most really? important movie of the series. Oh, it is hilarious. And Unintentionally, but hilarious. And so, oh, no, highly I think, recommend I think he was just a genius. You just... <laughs> no, can't watch it with your kids, but it is very funny. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Thank you so much, guys. All right, you guys. guys have a good one. All right. Thank Bye. you. You too. Take care.